great stuff. Great stuff. Thanks, guys. That was amazing. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, I want to share this morning about an interesting topic, and I want to talk about understanding opinions. You know, opinions, they're like armpits, aren't they? Everyone's got a couple they're quite fond of, and that's all good, but you don't go shoving them in other people's faces if you want to keep friends. You know, the French writer, historian, and philosopher Voltaire once said, opinion has caused more trouble on this little earth than plagues or earthquakes. I don't know, I think maybe he might be right. Because, you know, it's funny, but today opinions have almost become uh, like considered a human right. I mean, they're up there with food, shelter, and access to clean water. It's becoming a social crime to disagree with someone's precious opinion. But there are two problems with opinions. Number one, opinions are not facts. They're not facts. In fact, one dictionary definition actually says that a, uh, an opinion is a belief or attitude about something that isn't necessarily based on facts. And yet we hold opinions and promote opinions as if they are God's honest truth. The second thing about opinions is that opinions change all the time. In fact, even scientific opinion changes, and that's an opinion that is always presented as fact, right? Let's watch this this morning. I'm from the future. I'm here to warn you, don't eat that food. Why not? The eggs, they're full of cholesterol. What? Cholesterol, it, it clogs up your arteries. Eating even just one egg can dramatically increase your chance of heart attack. Don't eat eggs. Oh my God, thank you. You're welcome. Godspeed. I guess I better take those eggs. Wait! Stop! You're back! Yeah. We were wrong about the eggs. How? Well, it turns out there's two types of cholesterol. There's good cholesterol and bad cholesterol, and eggs actually have both. So you can eat eggs, but just don't eat the egg yolks. So stick with the egg whites. Thank yes, thank you. Yeah. Godspeed! Yeah, yeah, okay, so it turns out that the amount of cholesterol in a food doesn't actually affect how much cholesterol ends up in your blood. The eggs are probably fine. In fact, we sort of don't even know what cholesterol is. But the steak! You can't eat the steak! Why not? Turns out that red meat increases your chance of heart attack. You have to cut out red meat, so no steak! Thank you. Godspeed. What? No, no steak, mister. What? Wait! We were wrong about the steak! It's the toast. 
Man was not meant to eat bread. What do you mean, man was not meant to eat bread? Well, if you think about it, human beings should really only be eating what our Paleolithic ancestors ate. So, therefore, no bread, no toast. How do you know what our Paleolithic ancestors ate? Well, we, we just have to guess, right? I mean, we don't have any way of knowing what... Okay, went back to the Paleolithic. They are not doing well. I don't know what we were thinking. If anything, we should all be eating a lot more bread. So I guess just um, ignore everything I've said and exercise. Exercise, okay. Yeah, yeah, you guys could probably use it. You've been just sitting here for the last 35 years. It's been five minutes. Right. Time travel. All right, well, Godspeed. Turns out it's genetic. Doesn't matter whether you exercise or what you eat. I'm sorry I ruined your meal. I need 10 minutes. Do you want some eggs? I'd love some. Now, I'm not entirely against having opinions, right? We can have opinions. In fact, sometimes it's necessary to have an opinion. We just must need to make sure that we don't confuse opinion with fact. However, there is one kind of opinion that pops up from time to time that I really want to address today. Now, it's not opinions about the weather. You can have any opinions you want about the weather. That's fine. It's not opinions about politics. You can have an opinion on anything in politics, and most of us do. It's not even opinions on football teams. I think it's a pretty clearly understood fact that Liverpool is the greatest team in the world. Um, you can have all sorts of opinions, and they won't affect your life, your experience, your direction, or your eternity, but however, there is one opinion that you, we need to be very wary of. It's a very dangerous opinion, and that's when we have an opinion on the Word of God. I remember hearing uh, of a conversation uh, quite some time ago now uh, between an, uh, an older adult and a young adult on the topic of sex before marriage. Uh, when questioned on it, the young adult replied, well, you know, I'm okay with it. I, I know that it wasn't okay for you guys, it wasn't okay for your generation, but in our opinion, we don't have a problem with it. Now, I like the confidence, but I foresee problems. Can you just imagine it? Oh, look, I, I understand, officer, that the sign says 50, but in my opinion, 75 kilometers an hour just kind of felt right. No, you can't fine me for my opinion. Or how about, I understand, boss, that the employment agreement says I've got to be back from lunch by 1.30, but there was a sale on. And honestly, you probably should have been there. Or, I understand, Lord, that you put these things in the Bible, but that was your opinion, not mine. And I am entitled to my opinion 
and no, I will not go to hell for my opinion. I mean, it would be hilarious if it wasn't so deeply disturbing. You know, Proverbs 18 verse 2 says, Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. Solomon, a man defined by his wisdom, here explains that too often people who are long on opinions are short on understanding. And so we need to ask ourselves today, do we think that obeying the God of the heavens and the earth who created everything, do we think that obeying God is optional? Do we actually believe that the commands of Jesus, the the laws of the supernatural, the realities of the world that we experience, do we honestly think that these things are up for debate? And so I want to be really clear today. If you're a Christian, if you're saved by faith, in Jesus Christ, if you belong to him, then let's remember for a moment that he gave up his life, his future, his everything, so that you, by faith, could have access to life, purpose, healing, hope, forgiveness, meaning, supernatural gifts, peace, power to change, a way to make a difference in the world, security in death, and enjoyment forever in heaven. And he did this because he loves you, but it only works if he is your Savior and your Lord. And he is either Lord of all, or he is not Lord at all. Because we're all born with a defect towards sin. Every one of us in this room, every one of us in this world, and our life only works if we are directed by a higher power. And that means that when it comes to the instructions of God, and this is the first thought this morning, when it comes to the instructions of God, you do not have an opinion, you have an obligation. You can have an opinion on lots of things, but when it comes to God's instructions, by all means, explore the context, get a better understanding of it, but actually, we don't have an option of disobeying the Word of God. We have an obligation to God for all that He has done for us to obey that. Let me explain. I confess this morning before you all, I broke the law once. I'm only, I'm only admitting to once. I drove the wrong way round a roundabout for fun. See, a mate of mine, we were both interns at the time. We'd been driving along one afternoon and uh, we were, we'd left church and we were off to get something and just to freak me out, when we came up to this big roundabout, instead of going around the left like everyone else in the world does, he just flipped on the other side of the road, drove around the right-hand side of the roundabout, exited on the wrong side of the road, continued down the wrong side of the road for 20 meters before moving back onto the left, all without breaking conversation. He was just trying to freak me out. Totally freaked me out. It was very effective. And so here we are a few days later, we've packed up after night church, it's like 10.30 at night, and I'm driving Liz back to her flat, and uh, and I'm telling her what this this friend of ours did and how crazy it was, and we come to the same roundabout, like, like, as like, I'm going to show her exactly what he did to me. So... I'm a cautious kind of guy, right? So we come to the roundabout, and I'm, like, I'm, there's, it's, it's 10.30 at night in Dunedin, okay? In Dunedin. Nothing is even alive at that time of the night. 
We were in a place completely flat, down near an industrial area. No one in their right mind was driving there. But just to make sure, as I'm coming up, I'm looking around. There's no cars. You know how you look for the glare of headlights just in case there's a car coming that you can't see? So I'm look, No, there's nothing coming. There's nothing coming. Awesome. I nip onto the right-hand side of the road. I get halfway around the roundabout. It literally takes me two seconds. side of the roundabout to meet me and I swear to you I swear to you that was not there two seconds earlier Jesus made it materialize out of absolutely nothing and nowhere it's the truth that is the truth ladies and gentlemen so so I I what what do you do I come halfway around the roundabout right so I keep going around the roundabout the female police officer graciously allows me to go in front of her uh, as I pull back onto the right side of the road and then I pull over and then I get out of my vehicle and the police officer gets out and we meet and she says to me, so what was all that about? <laughs> now to be honest, I had an opinion, which I'm thankful to God I did not give. And my opinion was, are you serious? It's the middle of the night, no one is around, I wasn't speeding, I wasn't, I'm not even sure if there's a law about that, but it's not a big deal, right? But the problem was, that I broke the law. I made a decision to disregard what I knew the law said. A law made by people smarter than me, working with a much bigger picture than me. I disobeyed it. It was my decision, and decisions come with consequences. You see, this is the thing. When we make decisions, we don't get to take the consequences. It could have been a warning. It could have been a fine. It could have been a case out of court. It could have been service, it could have been anything, but the point is this, is that when it comes to the law, my opinion is irrelevant. As a citizen, enjoy all the freedoms that our country offers, obeying the law is not a matter of opinion, it's an obligation. And as a Christian, enjoy all the Here's the thought this morning. If you break the law and expect no consequences, then you are an idiot. Yes, you are. You see, and there's some reasoning behind this. You, you can't say you only have to go around the left-hand side of a roundabout 
uh, you know, before five o'clock or only if it's not raining. The rule exists because when people break it, there are consequences. Sometimes those consequences are small. Sometimes those consequences are big. One time someone goes the wrong way around a roundabout and just freaks somebody out. Another time someone goes around the wrong side of the roundabout and somebody dies and never goes home to their family. So there's a law because someone cares about people getting home to their families. And there are consequences if we ignore that. I, a, a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, recently lost a sibling in a car crash. His sibling had been drinking. There is a law in our country about not drinking and driving. And he made the decision to disobey that, and he died. And his family was devastated and is de- devastated. But there are always consequences attached. And so God has laws. He has commandments. He doesn't have too many of them, but they matter. Jesus says in John 8, If you hold to my teaching, if you obey my commands, if you are really my disciples, then you will go to Jesus. baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. John 15, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. 1 John 2, 3 and 4, we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him but does not do what he commands is a liar and the truth is not in that person. Now, we can kind of go, really? What's all this stuff about commands? It sounds a little hard line, sounds a little directive. Why so full on? It's because there are some things that are so important that have such significant consequences if we get them wrong that God graciously gives us clear commands and instructions about them. And they are always things that we don't fully understand the impact of. 
Do you notice that God makes no commands about things like jumping off cliffs? Nowhere in the scripture does it say, oh, and by the way, thou shalt not jump off cliffs. Like there's, there's a certain amount that he understands that we should get. There are a certain amount of things that are common sense. So God makes no commands about jumping off cliffs. He makes no commands about swimming fully clothed, which we all know is a bad idea when you shouldn't do that. He makes no commands about eating KFC from airports in China. Man, that almost removed me from the gene pool. There are some things that are clear even to us, but some things are not. And so God in his grace gives us instructions and laws and commandments, call them what you want, but he gave them to us for our good and our job is to trust and obey them, not have an opinion on them. And when we have an opinion on them, instead of obeying them, what happens then? What happens when you've got a situation like this young person I was telling you about who's like, you know, the whole sex before marriage thing, honestly, yeah. I know that's your opinion, but in our opinion, I don't, we don't have a problem with it. We're all good. There was this guy, Stephen, in Scripture, talking to a bunch of religious people, a bunch of Pharisees, and he was reminding these Jews of their history. And he gives this brilliant summary as a part of it. Let me read this to you, because this is very instructive for us today. In Acts 7.39, Stephen says, But our ancestors refused to obey him. Instead, they rejected him, and in their hearts they turned back to Egypt. Now, this pattern I see all the time in people when they put their opinion above their obligation to their Savior. Three steps happen. We refuse his word, then we reject his leadership, and then we turn away and we backslide from his presence. Let's take a look at these very quickly. Number one, refuse his word. When God's word clearly gives us instruction or a position on something or a way of behaving, and we decide not to do that, when we refuse God's word, then, then consequences are going to happen. Now, I'm not talking about when we're just not quite sure what God's word says or when we're really struggling to obey, but our heart is to obey. These are part of the relationship we have by God, that is by faith. I, I get that, but I'm talking about, you know, when we make that decision, when we know what God's word says, when God's word says, don't do this or do this, and we, with action, do the opposite. When God's word says, love your enemy, and we go... Yeah, no, I hate my enemy. When the Bible says don't have sex before marriage, and we go, yeah, nah, we're having sex. When the Bible says honor your parents, and we're like, not my parents. When the Bible says don't associate with Christians who are happily sinning and, and calling it all good, and we're like, yeah, but I feel better about my sin when I hang out with those guys. When the Bible says give a portion of your income weekly to support the church, and we're like, yeah. I'm not sure if I trust the leadership of my church, I'm going to give it somewhere else. When the Bible says, don't judge, and we decide it's fine to judge some people, particularly those people who are a little judgmental themselves. The problem is that when we refuse God's word, that leads directly to the next step, which is that we then reject his leadership. When we say no to God's instruction, we are no longer following his lead. He's no longer able to lead you if your heart is not in a position to say, God, I will obey what you tell me to do. It's like you put a destination in your GPS and then when it instructs you what to do next, you do the opposite, you know? Turn left at the next intersection. We go, <laughs> nope, we're going the other way. Like, think that through for a moment. How's that actually going to work out? 
But that's what many of us do. When we hear God's word and then we start to reject God's leadership and we start to head off on whatever direction feels right to us. Here's the good news today. If you've ever had to use the GPS, and I bet almost all of us have here, you know that the moment you decide to follow the GPS's instructions, no matter how far away from that moment on, you're being led back to the right path. And it doesn't matter how long you've been rejecting God's leadership, from the moment you say, God, I'm going to follow your lead, I'm going to obey your word from that moment on, God is working to lead you back to the right path. But for those who don't, this is the third step, then we backslide from his presence You see, when we reject his leadership, we slide away from his presence because it's uncomfortable. And we slide back to old things, to old ways, to old sins, to old thoughts. It never ceases to surprise me how people choose to sin and then complain that they don't feel God's presence. They disobey God's clear instruction. And they wonder why weird stuff starts happening. They start having nightmares, bad dreams, strange fears or presences in the night. Their relationships tend to break down. They can't work out what's going on. They say, where is God? Well, they even say, God has abandoned me. But here's the reality. God didn't slide away from you. You slid away from God. You see, when we refuse and don't obey what God's word gives us as instructions or commands, then we reject, number two, we reject God in our hearts and we stop following his lead. And then number three, we begin to backslide towards old sources of comfort. Break laws, expect consequences. When I break a civic law, I can expect civic consequences. But when I break a spiritual law, I can expect spiritual consequences. And spiritual consequences are far broader than civic consequences. Spiritual affects our emotions, our feelings, our thinking and our understandings, our relationships. It affects our supernatural protection, our health, and our blessing. When we move God out, the Bible says that we're like a house that is just waiting for something stronger to move on in. And that is kind of a big deal. But when we choose to trust God, to obey His commands, when we do that, what does the Word of God say? It says that the presence of God is there for us. The comfort of God is available for us. The power of God is in us. The blessing of God is on us. John 12 verse 50 says, I know that his commands lead to eternal life. So many of us, our world is leading us to what seems like eternal stress. Maybe we need to look again at God's commands. We're going to get the band up now. We're going to come to a close in just a moment. But let me bring a bit of a challenge to us today. Have you refused God's word? Or maybe are you refusing God's word? Is there something that God has requested of you and you have made a decision to say no? You probably actually haven't said no. We, We don't tend to get that confrontational in our hearts. We just do the opposite thing. Have you experienced the consequences of rejecting God's leadership in your life in some way? You know, you can't break God's laws and expect God's blessings. Well, the good news today is that no matter how long it has been, no matter how big it is, no matter how far you have gone, His next command is the one that you need. And this is the beauty. God commands people everywhere, the word says, to repent. 
It's the Greek word metanoia. It literally means to do a U-turn. And if any one of us here have used a GPS, we know what it's like to find ourselves where we've missed a turn, where we've made a wrong turn, where we haven't listened to the GPS. We find ourselves going in the wrong direction. And the GPS says, make a U-turn. And the moment that we do, the moment that we turn that thing around, the moment that we turn our decisions around, the moment that we turn our heart around, the moment that we turn our mind around, God's voice is right there, leading us back to where He wants us to be. Let me ask you this morning, do you need to do a U-turn on anything in your world? Because if you will listen and obey, God will meet you in a powerful way and you will find the blessing of God returning on everything that you do. Can we all stand together this morning? You know, maybe you're here and you actually have never made that decision to follow Jesus. Or maybe you've kind of wandered from that. Maybe you've stopped listening to that and actually you've drifted a long way from God. If that's you this morning, I want to say to you, you know, the Bible says in John 3.16 that God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever will, will believe in Him will not perish but have eternal life. God loves you and He wants you to know Him and experience His plan for your life. But the Bible says in Romans chapter 3 that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's you, me, that's everybody. We've all fallen short of God's glory. But then Jesus came, died on the cross for our sins. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And the beautiful thing is, simply by making that right decision today, putting your faith in Jesus, He will make you His own. The Bible says, to all those who received Him, to those who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children.